Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am back with one half of your Thursday crew. I'm Jason Perrone. You can also find some of my work over at Game On Wisconsin, where I do the Quick Slants podcast along with me as always, and held it down like a boss last week with special guest Paul Brettel of Packer Report. Is Well, Mark Eckel is of Packer Report. You guys did a great job last week, Mark. That was an a, that was an excellent show. Little roster talk there, and you know, always good to bring Paul back. For you know, I know he's so damn busy that he he doesn't have time to do it with us on a regular basis. But mm-hmm. nice to have him fill in occasionally. You know, for either you or I. But I always look forward to him his roster pieces and shows because he does them every year. He's real good about staying consistent with his superlatives and roster and and it's it's this is the year to talk roster that's going to be a lot of fun when we get into training camp yep oh yeah there's some there's some good battles as, as we went over last last week a lot of young players a lot of change going on in green bay and and as we said a couple shows ago we're more excited than concerned because yep. you know if your expectations are set the way that they should be then should be a good should be fun and speaking of fun we got a, a kind of a fun topic that we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about our all-time favorite packers and we've both been watching Packers football for a long time. And I think those players may have changed over the years. Some have, have stayed. And so it'll be fun to kind of talk through that. We we watched uh, the Packers during some different eras as well and the same. So we'll talk through some of our favorite Packers. Now, I know, Mark, you've said before that you the first game that you watched, really, that you remember was the Ice Bowl. Yeah, the first game I ever watched start to finish. Was the ice ball? Was the ice ball? And um, so, I, you know, like I told the story story before. I, the reason I'm a Packer, I mean, people say people have asked, asked this to me all the time. Like, how did I become a Packer fan growing up in New Jersey? Um, and as I said, you know, as we know, there's Packer fans everywhere, but everybody has a reason why. Well, my my godfather, my my uncle Joe, um, a Jersey guy, you know, um, was actually he actually knew Vince Lombardi. I'll go as far as to say they were, he was friends with Vince Lombardi um, from St. Saint, Saint Cecilia's um, up in North Jersey. And so, all, you know, all I ever heard about when it came to football was Coach Lombardi this and Coach Lombardi that. And Packers are the best team because of Coach Lombardi. He's the greatest. And so that's in my head. So, you know, I became a Packer fan. And then so I, I kind of remember Packers beating the Chiefs in Super Bowl one. Well, beating Dallas first and then beating, uh, beating it. but I but I don't remember watching the actual game. I remember them, you know, my uncle and my father saying, "Yeah, the Packers want to beat the they're, they're they're the champs again." But the Ice Bowl, I remember my father and my uncle being in, you know, being at my house and making, "Hey, watch this game," this and saying, "You know, look this, look how cold it is," and sit down here and what? And I so I sat and and I watched the whole game <laughs> and. So it's my favorite player leading into, you know, who my first favorite player was 
was it's obvious was Bart Starr. You know, first of all, his name, you know, his name's Bart Starr. It's a cool, I mean, you're, when you're, how old was I then? Six, seven years mm-hmm. old, you know, hear a name, you know, the guy's name's Starr. He's got to be good, right? Yep. Uh, and then, uh, so from, from, from doing that, and then he scored, you know, he scores the winning touchdown on the, on the one year, on the, you know, the quarterback sneak. How could I not love him, right? I mean, I often wonder if, if he didn't get in, if Dallas would have won that game. Cause I'm, you know, you're that young, you're very Im- Im- impressionable. I wonder if I would have become a cowboy fan. Yeah, probably not. I don't think my, that my uncle and your father probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have have allowed that. <laughs> but yeah. so Bart Starr was my first favorite player, and I'm, and I was fortunate my job that I, I met Bart a couple times. You you shouldn't meet your heroes or your favorite players because you find out you know it could change how you feel about them. Yep. Well, that did Bart Bart Starr was just a like, just a, one of the greatest people ever in terms you know as great a player as he as he was he was just as great a person that's what i've a lot's what i've long heard he he treated fans very well he was he was a great player great person and you do find those through throughout a lot of time there's several examples even within the packers of great guys great players great uh great person and you don't always get to know your favorite athletes and like you said sometimes you don't you don't want to know you just want to leave it to what you know on the field but uh, what i'm curious about we kind of talked before we started is as you got older and started learning more about football and maybe even playing it yourself and you understood the game a bit more what did you think of some of the other players on that team or did you kind of revisit your your favorite list well yeah i mean and your list will change i mean barstar will always be my all-time favorite always that's never going to change but yeah like when you're a kid or even as you grow you know like i said i was really young then but even even when you're 10 12 you're going to like the quarterback or the running back you're not going to really pay a lot and like i said unless you played and you played offensive line then maybe you might like an offensive lineman but you're it's hard when you're young for your favorite player to be the left guard it just Mm -hmm. right i mean Mm -hmm. it just is or even some player i mean maybe a great defensive player could stand out for you now from from that from that Lombardi era team a guy that I became very fond of after the fact what is, there's a bunch of them but Herb Adderley is another one he's a Jersey guy also he he lived in Atlantic City this is a funny this is an incredible story I have two autographed Herb Adderley pictures that he sent me I was doing radio in Philly and apparently he was a listener and I don't know how, because I never, I rarely talked about the Packers uh, when I was doing Philly radio, because ain't nobody in Philly really cares. But somehow, some way, it came up that I and I said something about being a Packer. I think I told the the story about my uncle or something. I don't know. And um, Herb Adderley was listening, and he had a friend that knew me or something, so he got my address, whatever it was, and I still have it. He sent me a couple autographed pictures and uh, with a nice little note saying. I love listening to you, and I knew I liked you, but then I found out you were a Packer fan, so I really like you. And so Herb Adderley, and what did he talk about a great player. I mean, mm-hmm. he won Super Bowls both with the Packers and the Cowboys. Yep. And then, of course, you know, Jim Taylor, Paul Horning, great backfield that they had. And, again, I, I'm going way back. And, again, I am I was kind of too young to really appreciate what how great that is. You know, looking back, I've read every book about the – about that era, including the, my favorite book of all time, the the, the Vince the the Moranis book on on Vince Lombardi when uh, when, when Pride Still Mattered. Have, have Have you read that? No, I've I know what you're talking uh, about. I haven't read it, but I've heard sports it. Sports book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. You should, if if you ever get a chance, get it and read it. But uh, so that was my early. That was my early, and then I, I and like I said, I was fortunate enough to have met Bart Starr and and then got the Herb Adderley in, in a roundabout way. But then so then that era ends. And then, then we have the, the the dark era for the seventies when I'm like really getting into you know getting more into it now, and they were that was there were, there wasn't a whole lot to like. Yeah. But I got you know again, John Brockington was the the great player on the on the bad team, right? I mean he was a great running back out of Ohio State. I don't know if he ever led the league in rushing, but he had some great years for for the Packers. I had a I had a John Brockington poster hanging in my room. <laughs> okay. Because I, I I wanted something I wanted something Packer and he was like the only poster available <laughs> in that in in that time frame. Sure. Um, yeah, there weren't many. There wasn't much else to like in that, in those years. I think um, most I think most would agree with you. The '70s was just kind of like a you know 
dead spot. It was bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, the early seven. I mean, though they made the playoffs in '72 behind Brockington and MacArthur Lane, they had that great running tandem. Mm-hmm. And then Washington, they played Washington in the playoffs, and Washington played like it was the first time. You know, now like you know they teams load the box. Well, that's what Washington did. Washington played like like an eight man box the whole game, eight nine whatever, and you know dared the Packers to throw and. Scott Hunter didn't, didn't exactly. Although he made a great pass, and Leland Glass dropped the ball. Mm. I'm going to turn that whole whole game. It would, would have been a long touchdown pass early in the game. Leland, Leland Glass couldn't hang on to it, and, and Washington wound up winning the game pretty easily. I think the thing was like 16 to three. I think the final score was. But anyway, so that takes us to. That's through the 70s, I guess. The um, 70s was almost like you know when you lose reception and a phone call for a second. <laughs> You're like, oh, now you're back. Like the '70s was that. It's like I, I didn't, I missed every, yeah, I missed, I missed what year. you said. Uh, it's almost like yeah. you know in the '80s, the '80s come around, and yeah, then then you had, and I'm, I'm obviously Bart Starr's coaching. Lindicky comes in after in the in the early '80s and rejuvenates it a little bit. Right. Well, the '80s they weren't good, but they were. That was a, that was when they scored. That offense was good. They just gave up. I mean, they, they every game that one year was like forty. They went like eight and eight every year. Yeah, that was the wasn't 80. wasn't that the running joke? Like literally, the the running joke was like eight and eight, eight and eight by Forrest Gregg, eight and eight. Yeah, they went eight and eight. They went here. I, I actually have the book here. So they went eight and eight in eighty one. They made the playoffs in eighty two because that was the strike shortened year. They went five three and one. And actually, won a playoff game. Beat the they beat the Cardinals. Then they went eight and eight in eighty three, eight and eight in eighty four, eight and eight in eighty five. And then it fell apart. And they went then four and twelve and eighty six. But and they went eight and eight every like all different kind of ways. Like they one year they would start off good and flounder and finish eight and eight. Other years they they'd start slow and get hot and get the eight and eight. But they were always eight and eight. Right. So I, I, I'm I'm doing too much. So you started. We're going in chronological order, which is kind of what I wanted yeah. to. Which is kind of what I wanted to do, which is perfect. So you had. I so mean, early, I, I early eighties. You weren't. You started late eighties. Late 80s, yeah. My, the first season I really followed the team was in 89. So my my favorite, favorite player, and probably still in the top five of all time favorite players, was James Lofton. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was great. I thought, I mean, Hall of Famer, obviously. And he was part of that offense. But like you said, Lynn, Lynn Dickey, a quarterback, and Paul Kaufman, who I also like a lot, at, at tight end. Uh, they, they traded for John Jefferson. That turned out was probably a bad trade because they gave up too much for a wide receiver, but they, but I mean that that offense was was prolific. I mean they, I think they 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 call them like the point a minute offense because they they averaged like whatever amount of time they had the ball, they had a point per minute. <laughs> Problem was they gave up a point and a half a minute. So right, um, yeah, yeah. Was, the defense just couldn't get it done. But but often I'll tell you another story from on my as a as a writer covering. So I'm covering the Eagles. And it's, I guess, mid-80s now. Late 80s, I guess. Whenever, I, I forget what year Lofton came to the Eagles. But I actually broke the story that they were signing Lofton because I was in the building like I was, you know, just working. And I saw James Lofton. And I, and I recognized him because it's James Lofton. And he's like, one of my, he's like my favorite player, right? So I see him from, a, you know, like from, you know, He's like over in one area, and I said to one of the Eagles, "I'm like, did did James Loft is he? Did, did you sign James Lofton?" And they went, "We're not saying anything yet." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> so I just waited, and I went over and I introduced myself, James Lofton, and he said, "Yeah, I just signed him coming in." Blah, blah, blah. So and we, I I wrote and I broke the story that they signed James Lofton. <laughs> And uh, and from that day on, James Lofton and I became kind of friendly. You know, I was the first 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 writer that he met because I introduced me. Like I said that that day when I was probably somewhere I shouldn't have saw him, but and then we we you know he he does like Westwood One games and I guess he does some CBS work as well, right? He uh, actually that I'm not sure of, but you know what's what's interesting to me about that is that if you think about it, and I know you're aware of this, but so that's you have a connection to Lofton. And you also had a connection mm-hmm. to Reggie, both Hall of oh, Famers. Yeah. Like any Hall of Famers that have been wearing Green Bay, you know, it's just some, somehow, some way, the ghost of Lombardi made sure that you were involved somehow. 
<laughs> or at least those two. Well, not all of them, but yeah, Reggie. Well, Reggie, we, we we've told that story a million times. But well, Reggie, I knew for I knew him before he became a Packer. Mm-hmm. I met Lofton after he left the Packers. And well, that was you know, there was a there was a a, a stretch there where, and this was Rich Cotite. This wasn't Andy Reid, but when the Eagles were the Eagles had had like a rash of injuries to at wide receiver, and I don't know who let Lofton go at that point. But probably the Raiders, maybe. Because I think because he ended up with the he ended his career with the Bills, Bills. when he, and went to the, all those Super Bowls, mm-hmm. or at least a couple of them. Um, I also wrote I, I did a, a good story about him at one of the Super Bowls that when he was whatever many years old he was a kid and he he went he actually went to Super Bowl two he went to an early Super Bowl as a kid with his father and we you know and that was the first time he had been back to one was when he was playing in it. And uh, he was, we were just, you know, he was talking about how, you know, Super Bowl two, and nobody even cared. It was like tickets for like, he said, yeah, we, we bought tickets that, that day. <laughs> but that's, hey, we, hey, you want to go to this? Yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> yep. But anyway, so yeah, when Andy Reid became head coach of the Eagles, because of his connection, you know, as a longtime assistant in Green Bay, several Packers ended up in Green Bay. Dorsey Levins, Antonio Freeman, Nate Wayne. Yeah, Wayne. Um, so, I mean, they were there, you know, again, and, and a lot of coaches do that because they know, you know, they pack, you know, they, if you need a certain position and this guy's available when well, you know, him, so you can bring him in. So, yeah, I got, it was kind of, kind of funny. I, I, I got to know a lot of players that I was very, that I, that were some of my favorites or players that I, that I really, really admired. And then they became Eagles where you know, now I had to cover them. So that was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like, I'll be honest. Levin's was great, great interview, great, just great guy to be around. Freeman was okay. He he had his moments, but he was, and again, he was toward the end. Like Levin's could could still play a little bit when the Eagles brought him in. Freeman was kind of near the end. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Nate Wayne wasn't much. A couple of them linemen were they were okay. They they, they were better than than what the Eagles had. So Nate Wayne came over. Now he he his last season at Green Bay was in '02, and then in '03 he played for the Eagles. He wasn't great. But he did have a great game against the Packers at Lambeau on Monday Night Football. Oh yeah, yeah. You know he had a he had a great game, and that and they ended up the the Eagles ended up beating the Packers in in that one, and then in they would Green meet Bay, right? in Green yeah, Bay, and then they would meet. Yep, then they would meet in the playoffs in that very fateful game at the end of the 03 season. But uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I mean, now we're kind of getting into where I almost started. Right, so you started so you picking pick up, up so, on the end of the eight, the, the end the, the late eight. Yeah, it was eighty nine. It was nineteen eighty nine. That was okay. the the, the if, for those of you who remember it and those who you know weren't even around for it yet. That was one of the the first good years the Packers had had in a long time. They finished ten and six. They were calling the cardiac pack because they came back and won so many games that year. So that was when the so that let's set the stage for that season. That that was. They, let me just add that 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 they. They missed the playoffs. Even though they went ten and six, they yeah, missed the playoffs. So frustrating. Yeah, the Vikings. Because yeah, but the next year is when they added an extra wild card team, mm-hmm. and that was because of the fact I think that I think two teams. I think another team won ten games and missed the playoffs that year too. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they they missed out. Uh, the Vikings ended up winning the division, and the so the the year prior to that is when the uh, Packers drafted. Tony, or actually, no, it was it was ahead of the '89. It was the '89 draft when they drafted. Right, '88 they went four and twelve. Four and twelve, and then '89. So they had drafted and, Tony Mandridge. And they beat Phoenix. It was Phoenix then the Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals the last game of the season, and that cost them the first pick of the draft. Dallas got the first pick, and took Troy Aikman, who was at the Packer Cardinal game, by the way. Okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that would have changed a lot of things. Obviously, well, who knows? I mean, maybe the Packers would have oh, still been dumb and, and, and taken Mandridge. If the Packers take Aikman. They never trade for Favre. Right. Obviously, a lot of things change. Yeah. Huge, huge wave of change. Like, a lot of things don't happen. But Mikowski, so that was Don Mikowski, a quarterback. Lindy Infante's the head coach. Mandrich is the first-rounder, you know, tackle of the future. We all know he was a huge bust. He didn't work out. They had a, they had some pretty good players. Brent Fullwood was the running back on that team. Yep. You know, they uh, they had Sterling Sharp. He was the first-round first round pick that didn't really – live up he was okay but he didn't live up to the first round well he really status. didn't yeah the sterling sharp and then uh, on yep. the defensive side so one of my favorite players to watch on that team on the defensive side of the ball was tim harris the edge rusher because he had those up with the eagles he had those yeah he had those six shooters that he you know he busted out and 
when he would get a sack and he would do this the celebration. He was he was fiery and the Packers actually had it going on. It the biggest reason, like you said before, that that they were average before that was because they didn't their defense wasn't great. Well, that year had a, had a pretty decent defense. In fact, that season they beat the Super Bowl champion 49ers in San Francisco. One of their ten wins was against the Niners on the road, and that was against Montana that that whole team. And it was an incredible incredible performance like i just you know 17 yeah and i remember i remember safety not current you know team president but safety mark murphy of the packers made a phenomenal play like diving across to knock a ball down in front of jerry rice but he had his like his other hand tucked behind his back so he wouldn't get pi and it was just a great play like just a great play i just remember like so many fun things from that season but so obviously my favorite players sterling sharp and tim harris and then mikowski of course i try not to i'm not really big on making the quarterback my favorite player i try to stray stray away from that because it's right. so other, than, other than bart star i don't think that uh, i no it's it's other just than... kind of it's kind of cliche but i did right. i will tell you i i far brett Favre was that for a while for me because just because he okay. was just so so fun to watch but then you know like you said the more you learn about your your favorite players, sometimes it doesn't, you know, doesn't help your opinion of them in in a lot of situations. But yeah, also, so I draw the line between favorite player, favorite person. Oh, they're completely yeah, they're diff- saying, totally different universes. I mean, and then sometimes there's guys like Bart Starr who could be both, which unfortunately I think is rare. I mean, to find athletes that are really good, really good people, and maybe we just don't know enough about some athletes. Like they're entitled to their privacy, but. You just sometimes don't know how good of a person is someone is because you just never get to know them. We only see them, and you know. So, all right. So that takes us. All right. Now we get into the nineties. That's you know we'll we'll call it the Mike the Ron Wolf Mike Holmgren, Brett Favre era. When ninety two was when it all when it all started, and they're they. The renaissance, I guess. Well, and and so I hold, I held over. Uh, Leroy Butler was my favorite player from from that era and that team, and he was a holdover. He was there before Holmgren and Favre and all those guys got right. there. And not, he not long, not long, yeah. but he was there and he blossomed into what he became once those guys got there. And Fred Shermer and everybody else, and well, they you moved know, him from corner to safety, moving to corner from sa- corner to safety, and he obviously you know did a lot of really really amazing things there. But so Leroy Butler was. For for the most part, my favorite player. I mean, you had, you had Reggie. You got a lot of players that you could have completely become enamored with. Like if you know, if you like crazy Wayne Simmons, you got Reggie White, Eugene Robinson as a safety too. Now I'm talking about the championship team. Obviously, this is we're moving ahead right. into the mid '90s versus the the early uh, Holmgren teams. I mean, Sterling Sharp was still there, but you had a young Steve Robert Sharp Brooks. Was never one of my favorites. No, I I loved. I don't him. know why. I, mean, I he's a great player. Yeah, but. I don't know why. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I liked him, but he wasn't. I can't say he was like my favorite player. I loved in him. That era for me, yeah, Butler. I, I did. I liked. I did like Butler. I liked Edgar Bennett for some reason. Workhorse. Yeah, I just like him. Isn't and there I, something? You know, you know what? There's something to be said if you watch old school football, Mark. Like you did, like this the, the a running back that like almost has his best games in the worst weather. Of course, you love those guys. Yeah, yeah. Ben Edgar Bennett was one of my favorites. From that early, you know, and he was I mean, part of the Super Bowl champion team. And then, you know, Reggie, of course. But, I mean, like I said, I, I knew him before he became a Packer. Another guy that I, that I liked, I don't, I'm not going to say he was my favorite, but a guy that I admired a lot was William Henderson. Yeah. Because I, I always said, you know, you know, he, he hardly even got the ball. But he was just such a block. I mean, talk about a full – I mean, that was when, they, when teams still used fullbacks. And he was, he was some kind of fullback. Yeah, it was really good. There's so many again, same thing, the Lombardi era Packers, that Packers team. There were so many players to like, but that's why they were so good because they had so many really good players. Great coaches, you know, so you get you get to you get so so of the 96 team, if specifically in 96. Are you going it was okay. is are you going Reggie? Well, yeah. I mean, that's personal, but yeah. <laughs> so for I mean, me if, it was if, if, for, yeah, for me it was Butler for you it was Reggie. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. 
Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Reggie, because, I mean, we, we've told the story, but yeah, I mean, Reggie and I, I got to know Reggie very well. Um, I was somewhat involved in getting from the Green Bay, you know, roundabout way. And and Edgar Bennett still. I mean, guys I didn't know personally, I still liked Edgar Bennett. And um, another guy, here's another guy that I really liked a lot. I know, you know, um, Freeman was the star and everything, and, and this guy got hurt that Super Bowl year and wasn't, you know, but Robert Brooks was always a favorite. Yep. I just like I liked the way he played. I liked his game. I felt bad that he got hurt, and you know. Yeah, and, and he but, ended up he ended up yeah watching the Super Bowl on the sideline with his camcorder. Yeah, I'll never forget Which I that. That was pretty cool too. Yeah, I'll never forget that. But yeah, he's just he was a huge part, huge part of that, and he was a big part of them getting back to the Super Bowl the next year because he did play the whole season. Unfortunately, they didn't beat the Broncos, but you know, as they trans as they transitioned into the late 90s I mean again you kind of had I should say 99 and 2000 were kind of transition years you had Ray Rhodes for one year then Mike Sherman comes in and they start to kind of pick things up again and then you get back into some winning football in the early 2000s you got Favre but it's you know it's transitioning over now it's Amon Green uh, Amon Green is your yeah he Amon Green's your running back you know Javon Walker is is your receiver the last, still the last first round wide receiver that the that the Packers had. <laughs> so, but you know, oh two, oh two. Uh, if I'm, if I, they finished twelve and four. I mean, they could have right. been thirteen and three. If they don't lose to the Jets in the last week mm-hmm. of the season, they finished thirteen and three again. That team was twelve and four, and yeah, they and had lost to the Falcons in the snow. In the snow, that was the first loss at Lambeau for the for the playoffs and. And I rem- I remember way more about 03. And in 2003, for me, it was it was all about uh, Amon Green. And then on the on the defensive side, I was already already a huge fan of Al Harris just because he brought some attitude and moxie to his position. And then of course, who ends up making the huge interception for a touchdown against Seattle in the playoffs? I obviously made a a very good choice there. But that team was you that know, team- another guy that I know. He was an eagle who I knew personally, um, and got along with great. I was I got along with Al very well. Mm-hmm. Again, I got, <laughs> I don't want to sound like people are going to think, oh, this guy's just making stuff up. But Al wanted to get traded. Al saw the writing on the wall. I mean, they had they had Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor. You know, 
Troy was what six-time Pro Bowl player. Bobby had gone to, went to a Pro Bowl, so they're they're ahead of them on the depth chart. And then they they draft um, in 2002. The Eagles draft uh, Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown with their first two picks. Mm-hmm. So here's Al think saying like, wait a minute. <laughs> Like, all right, I, bad enough I got these two guys ahead of me. Now I got these two high draft picks behind me. Like, this isn't going to work. And like I said, Al and I got along very well. And so I'm, I'm talking to him, to him one day, and he says to me, you got to help me. And I'm like, with what? You got to get me out of here. I said, what do you mean get you out of here? And he's like, they got to trade me, right? And I said, and I thought, I didn't think, I thought they were going to trade Bobby Taylor, to be honest with you. He was a little older than Al, not much, but a little but I said, and I said, so I, I said, I don't know. I don't think so. I said, I think Bobby might be getting traded. He's like, not ain't trading Bobby. He said, I'm the one that has to go. So I, I wrote, I said, you want me to write this? You want me? To, yeah. Yeah. I, said, I want you to write a story saying that they, they need to trade me. So I did. And it wasn't that day, but eventually, you know, that, that year they, they traded him to, to all teams. <laughs> Once again, that Eagle Packer co- connection comes back. Right. Yeah. There's a lot. If you think about it, through history, there's been a lot of connections. Yeah, and Al Harris, he was, he was great. He did well, Green. He, he and he loves Green. I, I've talked when when he went into the Packer Hall of Fame. I did a story about him, and he always he said that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me was 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 getting traded to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he loves he loves the city. He loves the fans. Um, I thought I really thought the Packers might bring him back when they were looking for a secondary coach this year. I thought that would have been a great, a nice hire. Um, they hired a guy from Arizona who apparently is pretty good too. But because he's 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 with McCarthy mm-hmm. in, in Dallas, in Dallas, the, the, the Cowboys cornerback coach. Yeah, yeah, he which was kind of surprises me. He was easy. Yeah, he was he was easy to like, very very easy to like. And then in that oh three oh four oh five, talking about a guy that made. I mean, I'm sorry, but like of those corners that I mentioned, Troy Vincent, first round pick, Bobby Taylor, high second round pick, uh, Leo Shepard, first round pick, Sheldon Brown high second round pick Al was like a sixth or seventh round pick of Tampa Bay who got cut he got cut but Tampa cut him his rookie year and the Eagles picked him up off waivers they they you know when when the Eagles needed they were at that time that was they they obviously didn't have Shepard and and Brown yet and I don't know I think they did have Bobby and Troy but they needed a third corner and they signed Al Harris and no, no big deal. This guy, Tampa cut him. How how good could he be? Well, he turned out he turned out to be pretty damn good. Yep. Yeah, he did. He did. Diamond in the rough. And he he ended up being again. It's you know his work ethic was really good, and that's why he played for such a long time. He was actually on the 2010 roster. He just didn't play. I don't know if they. I don't. He got hurt that year. He got hurt. He did get hurt, and I don't know if they released. I don't remember if they released him or not. But I don't remember. He didn't. He didn't play. But he was. I think he was started started out on the roster. And that was when Tremont finally got a chance to take over. So if we transition then into like the last few years of, of Favre quarterback, that's when they brought in Greg Jennings, James Jones, Jordy Nelson came in 2008. That was after Rodgers started. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets drafted in 05. So then you have that the whole transition from Favre Donald, to Rodgers. Donald Driver. Donald Driver. Well, Driver came in in, in 99. Now, at first... He was very much like a rookie seventh round wide receiver. He was yeah. he was you know he was not great in in ninety nine. But I would say by the following year and he, by the end of two thousand and definitely going into two thousand one, he had established himself as as the dude. Like he was he was very good. The light bulb went off for him. He turned out to obviously be very very good. And I'm going to mention a guy because we haven't mentioned the offensive lineman. Um, and I said it's hard to you know, but a guy that I became a big fan of and one of, I'm not going to say my favorite but one of my favorites um, and I'll, I'll, there's a little backstory in that too is is, is Chad Clifton mm-hmm. I mean great player and the reason I became a fan of his I remember when the Packers drafted him they drafted him in the second round high second round and I remember saying to myself why in the hell did they draft that because at the time the Packers tackles weren't bad I forget who I, I think they did, did they still have Ken Ruckers maybe Oh no, um, Rutgers was done in '96. And when did they draft Clifton? Clifton was 2000. So '99, its starting tackles were Earl Dodson was the right tackle for a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they had Ross Verba. Ross Verba was their tackle. It was a first round pick. That's right. Verba came. Yeah, he was drafted '97. Right. Wall was, yeah, Wall. They brought Wall in. The name. I think they moved him to guard right away. Actually, uh, but anyway, so I'm thinking to myself, why in the world did they draft a tackle? 
because they had obviously they had other needs probably on 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 defense or whatever but um so i was like so i said i gotta look up stuff about this 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 cat clifton guy what and i the more so the more the more i learned about him the more i i read up on him i said oh i, I kind of like this guy <laughs> and so that's why he became one of them and then he became a great player so yeah he was so he's one of my favorites yeah he was really good i if, for me back then and remember this is before anything you know before we know what we know today but i was a darren sharper fan as a player when yeah. he came in but that's i played safety when i you know when i was in high school so i you know he he was he was good then he ended up in minnesota uh at the end of mike sherman's tenure i think when ted thompson finally got here and was like uh we're moving this guy on yeah we're we're figuring something else out at safety but that was that was a player that um that i liked and then you had the transition over to the Mike McCarthy, Rogers, you know, then they brought in Charles Woodson. I mean, how could you not love Charles Woodson as right. a Packer? He, he immediate impact was, was so good. They, they hand the reins over to Aaron Rodgers, And then you've got the Rogers era Packers, which largely, I mean, a lot of those guys aren't playing for the team now, but this is now we're in the current era, you know, we're in the, we're Sorry, in the mod- All right. So let's start at the beginning of the Rogers. Who was, who, what got, were you a Rogers fan immediately? Not immediately. I, I didn't not like Aaron Rodgers, but he wasn't like, I wasn't completely sold that he was, he was going to be great. I still was a big, a big fan of Charles Woodson. And I liked Greg, what Greg Jennings had become and turned into. I knew, knew Jennings was good. So I was a big fan of his. They still had Al Harris. Um, they had an up and coming Tremont Williams. Now remember Tremont actually made some big plays on special teams in 07. Yep. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, man, I hope they can get him into the defense. I think he will, he'll end up being really good, which he was. So I liked Tremont a lot. I was one of the maybe the few that was early in on him. Really, um, really liked him a yeah, lot. I, I was a Rodgers guy. I mean, I just like I'm a love guy now, and that I believed it was it was the right move. That it was time for you know I, the reason I'm retiring. I'm coming back. I'm retiring. It was time. You know, you, you got to go. It's time to to give this team as a first round pick for a reason. No, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't know how great Rogers was going to become, but I thought he'd be good, just like I think Love's going to be good now. So I, you know, but but again, like you said before, uh, other than when I was a little kid and Bart Starr, and maybe that's why, maybe because Starr is still my all-time favorite Packer, I'll never have another quarterback be my favorite because because of Starr. But um, but that team, yeah, some of the guys you mentioned, Butler, of course, yeah, he's you know, but. Now I'm, I guess we're not quite there yet, but two guys that I really liked on that Super Bowl team were their two first round picks, and the, the one year was BJ Raji. I love BJ Raji. Yep. And Clay Matthews, obviously. Yep. But Raji again, maybe because a Jersey guy, so that maybe had a little little effect on me. But um, just watching that big guy like him move the way he did, and I and who and then I'll never forget his dance against the Bears. Right. Oh my God, that was incredible. Well, yeah, Woodson and Woodson and Clay Matthews. I had both of those jerseys. I would alternate between the two of them, you know. And then, it, then eventually, my dad would wear the Woodson, and I would wear Clay. <laughs> but Clay Matthews was, you know, he was easy to become an average. I actually was a big fan of AJ Hawk when he got drafted. I wanted them. Okay. To, I wanted them to take him because I thought he was going to be like a lot better than he was. He ended up being good, but not like flashy right. good. Not flashy he's one good. Of guys, if if he wasn't the fifth overall pick, people would say, "Oh, he's a good player. He had a good career," but. When you're picked fifth overall, you're supposed to be, you know, right, Hall of Fame, big, you know, big, you know, like you said, big or, or make some Pro Bowls or something like that. So right. yeah, and which which you know he really did, but he was he was solid for a long time for many years. Very solid. Yeah, and that was you know, but but eight, you know, I was a big fan of AJ Hawk, kind of transitioning into when McCarthy started. Then obviously Woodson, Clay Matthews, and it's hard because then when you follow up a Super Bowl team and then you haven't had one in such a long time. It's like, well, who are your favorite players? And now I find myself very challenged to say, like, okay, who are my favorite players now? Because there's a lot of see, new. See, I, I have a favorite player on this on this Packer on the current Packers, and he's been my favorite for the last I don't know four or five years. I'll wait. I'll wait. So I'll let you go. Say, so you don't have it. You have a current favorite Packer? I'd have to think about it. I mean, I, I guess for me it would be Jair Alexander. Okay. Yeah, Jair, because I I love the pick from the beginning, and and Jair's you know I I like I like guys that set the tone and create the culture. It's not just what they do on the field, but like who sets the tone and creates the culture. 
And it's hard to argue against what Jair does on the field. And then his moxie and like doing the gritty on Justin Jefferson last year. Like that's the kind of thing that I like to see, you know, the old school, like, you know, smash mouth, set the tone, tough demeanor. That's what I love about Jair. But you said, so the thing is, is if you're, if you're saying for the last three or four years, like I should be able to figure it out. Cause there aren't, there aren't that many guys. Well, if you've paid attention to things I've said and read and, and I mean, and, and have written, since I've been doing Packer stuff, I, I think I, Kenny Clark is my favorite. I I think I just love Kenny mm-hmm. Clark. Always have from the day he was like like you said. Then when he, when the Packers drafted Kenny Clark, it wasn't like oh Kenny Clark. Before it was like oh okay. I mean, people, but I like I wanted the Packer. That's the guy when they were picking relatively low that year. Um, and I, again, I was covering the NFL at the time, and I think I I kind of think I might have in my in my mock. I think I kind of I think I gave him Kenny Clark. Um, so maybe that's that's probably part of why I liked them. They took the guy that I wanted them to take, or who I had them taking. Mm-hmm. And then you know, just what I mean. I, again, I I think he's so underrated as a player. I mean, I, people people who know know how how good he is, but you don't you just don't hear him mentioned with some of the with some of the greats, you know. But I and I I say all the time this the Packer defense when he's good, the the defense is good. He makes the people around him better. You know, like when he's nicked up and not playing as well, those other guys don't. They fall off the edge, you know. So I, I just think he's so important to the team. And, again, he seems like a pretty good guy, too, from everything I've done. And I, I, I have interviewed him a few times. Very, you know, very gracious. Another one, Aaron Jones is up there, too, on my list yep. of the current Packer. Mm-hmm. I just – I almost like the fact that I don't have, like, one favorite. I think there's so many good players on the team that could end up being, like – it, you know, this could be another really, really good team where you've got Watson, Dobbs. You got these rookies that are coming in. Is Van Ness going to become one of those guys? Is is Musgrave going to become one of those guys? What Jordan Love, obviously a quarterback. You know, Kayshawn Nixon, if he stays and plays a couple of years and makes another couple of big plays, he could be become someone sure. like that too. So there's that's what's exciting about this this team now is as far as favorite Packers go. And I guess I'm a I I might not be the best person to do this, you know, because a lot of mine are kind of off the radar, I guess that makes it a little more fun as far as you don't see it coming. But I kind of have a, I kind of have a, a no quarterback rule because it's like there's that's so it's just so cliche. Right, I'm but, with, I'm kind of with you. But there's yeah. so much more, you know. There's so much more. Well, actually, where I thought you might be going, I you remember Kenny Clark. You have mentioned him many, many times. Was again on the offensive line. You got Elton Jenkins. You got Bakhtiari. You know those guys have been very good for a long time. Bakhtiari, like great personality. He's you know he's got to be a fun one from from a media standpoint. Sure. Great sound bites. Right? Oh yeah, no, back you already, You love player. you love players they at least give you something to go on. I think the guy who's going to become a favorite of mine as the year as these years is I I, I I we'll see, is Zach Tom. I think I'm going to like I, I like him a lot already and I think mm-hmm. I'm going to really like. Yeah, he's got a bright future in Green Bay. He's going to end up being one of the tackles. I was talking with on Tuesday Tom Grassi, the comedian who's doing the, the 30 day, 30 stadiums and 30 day tour for St. Jude. He was in town here and I went to a, a meetup event and I was chatting with my friend, Monty Moore, who some of you may know as Fur Turgeson on, on Twitter. He also does uh, last call Lambo over at game on Wisconsin and just convinced that Tom is going to take over at left tackle when David Bakhtiari has gone. And that could very well be the case. He's, he's that good. He's very good. I, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, he's very very good, but that's the beauty of it is that there's so many players that could could once again become a favorite. And then if these teams, if any team goes to the Super Bowl, then obviously we're going to be like, oh, we have a bunch of favorites because look what we did. <laughs> and we talked about the Ice Bowl. You had all those players from the Lombardi era. Right. Then we talked about '96. You could have picked you know a, a ton of guys there. We didn't even talk about Sean Jones, Santana Dotson, yeah. Gilbert Brown. Like you know, there's so many players that we didn't even mention. George Koontz. You know, I mean, when you can name the Brian entire st- when yeah. you can name the entire starting roster, yes. then obviously those were those were really good teams. The, and the and the beauty of it is is that I think we're having probably a lot more fun having our conversations right now than Vikings, Lions, and Bears fans over the last twenty or thirty years. There have been some oh, good play. There have been some good players. Oh, I know they had Urlacher and yeah. you know like Walter, well, I mean, if you go way back, way back, back Walter, Walter Payton, Payton and, you know, but and Dick. I mean, if you, if you go back to as far back as I go, you can bring up the Dick Buckus and mm-hmm. people like that as well, I guess. But you know, oh, I mean, again, from the Packer, from the Lombardi era, we didn't mention Ray Ray Nitschke, who mm-hmm. you know, 
I think I was a little scared of him more than being a fan. He couldn't have been a favorite because I think he scared me as a yeah. little kid. Yeah. <laughs> he was a scary guy. Yeah. He started Packer Report, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he actually started, but they put his name. His name was on it. Was, it was originally called Ray Nitschke's Packer Report. I did know then that. It became Packer Report 66. Yep. I did know that. So it's it's cool that he, he started that and the legacy has carried on and it's still what it is today and and it wasn't, uh it, it wasn't on online when when he started yeah i don't think it was i don't think it was i mean the the internet it was actually well, a newspaper it was like a you got it in the mail right by like subscription a, yeah i i actually got it as a kid because as a kid living in jersey it was hard to get packer you know when you you got a box score on monday morning at it you know it wasn't like it is today where you can just go online and read you know you you got a box score right um, and, a, and, a, and a paragraph saying, you know, whatever happened. So I, yeah, I, I, I was a subscriber to Ray Nitschke's Packer Report. Something nostalgic and fun about going to get the mail and like your your weekly like Sports Illustrated, yeah, Packer Report, Sporting News. Now it just shows up in your email inbox. Yeah, or on embrace your phone. <laughs> embrace the technology. Well, I guess this will be this will be a fun one to see who our favorite players from this era become. I guess so. If it, so, Bart Starr, you said will always be your favorite, yes. top to bottom. Yes. And if I had to, if I had to pick one, I guess I'm still going with Butler, just because okay. of how special he was. Like he was on the team, transitioning me from like my childhood into my adulthood, and like a bunch of you know big big things that happened, like you know graduating school, college, like all that kind of stuff. So I'll go with 36, and and it's it's fitting because he just got into the Hall of Fame right. finally. Oh, love! He's in my top five, without a doubt. I got a question for you, and I got a question for all, everybody listening. And let us let me know on Twitter or wherever. Would 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 you would would you like to read a story? If I listed like my favorite quarterback, favorite running, favorite by by position. Absolutely. All, oh, by position time. for sure. Like my favorite quarterback, what we know it would be starting. And my favorite running back, favorite wide receiver, favorite tight end, favorite tackle, guard, center. Defensive end, whatever, kicker, punter, the whole thing. Oh, totally. Because my favorite thing to do with articles like that is compare. I'd like to cover up that, like the content, and then pick my person, and then see who the writer picked. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Compare them to your thing. Oh, I love, I love those kind of things. I'm going to be, I'm going to, my age is going to show a little bit because I'm going to have some guys that mm -hmm. are before some of our. Although we have some older, we have there are some older. Packer fans I'm, I'm finding on online these days well but you, you know what I saw a bunch of Don Hudson stuff on on Twitter recently yeah. like you you can't That's forget about I, that I'm early area that like predating both you and me my god yeah and again this isn't gonna be my if the team I pick it's not gonna be I don't want somebody saying to me oh how could you pick so-and-so over so? well no because it's not the better I'm not saying these are the best players I'm saying these are my favorite players. right now some are gonna be the best if Leroy Butler is my my safety well guess what <laughs> He's also the best safety in Packer history, probably too. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no doubt about it. No, I would love that. Who's that your would... favorite Packer coach of all time? Well, I got to, I got to go with Holmgren because Even he brought, though, like... he brought it back and he ran, he ran the ship. Mike Sherman did not totally run the ship. Mike, Mike McCarthy obviously did not totally run the ship. I forget about Ray Rhodes; he was only here for one year. Like right. Matt Lafleur. Uh, see, now that Rodgers is gone, I guess we'll see. But we'll see. Mike Holmgren, you knew who was running that team. No, I love Michael, and I, you know, I, I got to meet him a few times as well at all the different events and other meetings and whatever. Just, I mean, I think he's pure class, and I, I wish he never left. I was not I wish they thrilled. Made him general manager. I was so, he was, although he wasn't a great general manager, so maybe not. <laughs> he wasn't, but I was frustrated when he left. I was with you. I did not want him to go. I was like, just take care of him. And Ron Wolf's like, no, I'm not ready. And then two years later, he steps down. And it's like you and idiot. And, and makes Sherman of all people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and I but love again, Ron Wolf. It turns out Holmgren wasn't a great general manager. No, he wasn't. He wasn't, and I love Ron Wolf. I mean, I say that tongue in cheek. You know, obviously hindsight is easy to revisionist history and all that too. But no, Holmgren did not do well as a GM. That it, you know, and then had to go back and focus on coaching, and you know, got himself got himself into another Super Bowl with Seattle, yeah. which was yep. which was great. I enjoyed beating him a couple times with the Packers. That was that was fun. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> never mind that. Never mind that too much. But this was a good one. This was a fun one. Now, I mean, we're only a couple of weeks away yeah. from now. Obviously, next week is Fourth of July already, and then training camp is right around yeah. the corner. And, and it's you end know, of the tw month. Twitter yeah. refresh 20, time, so 24th, it's twenty fifth. I think they start right. Yep, three weeks. 
it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. But we've got you know a couple more weeks to fill, so hopefully we'll come up with something good or something fun will happen over the next couple of weeks, and we'll have a chance to talk about I'm it. So a, I'm 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 working on a, on a few things for us. Well, that was perfect transition. So what is up at Packer Report right now, and what's coming up? Uh, up right now is a story on the wide receivers and just um, how yeah, um, part of it is how young they are, and then you know who's how are they going to keep five, six, seven. And who are going to be those? We we know who Watson, Dobbs, Reed, you know, but who's gonna who's gonna win those last couple spots? And how many spots are you know? How many are they going to keep? And who's going to be those last couple? Sure. Okay. All right. And then quick slants will be back as soon as there's some content. So when training camp starts or when preseason starts, then I'll break off the dust and we'll bring that show back and off to the races over at Game On Wisconsin. So thanks, everybody, for riding along with us. We're almost at the end of the week here. The weekend is almost here. Hope everybody's having a great summer wherever you're at. Take care of yourself. And as always, Go Pack Go! Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.